You are listening to Creation Talk, a creation.com podcast, proclaiming the truth to honor the Creator while providing credible answers. I'm Aaron Hughes, the Operations Officer with Creation Ministries, and I'm going to be talking today with Dr. Jonathan Sarfati about eugenics. Hey, Jono. Yeah, good day, Aaron. Uh, I'm Dr. Jonathan Sarfati, uh, Head Scientist at Creation Ministries uh, USA. I do come from Australia and New Zealand originally, though. So we're going to talk a little bit today about eugenics, and the word eugenics, translated from the Greek, actually means well-born. And this is the concept of improving a human race by advancing those traits that people might deem favorable, while at the same time uh, discouraging traits that they think are unfavorable in reproduction. And this could be kind of considered a calling out of unfavorable traits in a population. Now, eugenics, uh, this movement, uh, in my mind, is one of the most dangerous movements in science for over the past 150 years. John, would you agree? Oh, it is. It's been uh, responsible for lots of deaths and forced sterilizations in uh, Europe and in the United States, which people don't seem to know about. And it all goes back to Darwin's theory of, of evolution, which is a uh, treats humans as if they are just a, a type of animal. And we breed better animals, better plants, if you like. But we also, let's do this to humans. And Darwin was very clear about about what we could do with humans if we treated them like animals. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so if they're treating them like animals, obviously they didn't have this idea that uh, that people were made in the image of God. So that's that's where the danger really starts in my mind. But that's some right. of the past yep. players, I would think the movement kind of really started with, with a gentleman named Francis Galton, did it not? Yeah, Galton is the inventor of the, of the term and the concept eugenics, and he was also first cousin of Charles Darwin, and that's no coincidence. So Galton really popularized this idea of eugenics, um, and then I think uh, Darwin kind of grabbed a hold of this uh, idea. It was actually kind of social Darwinianism in action, and he grabbed a hold of this, and I think Galton was referred to in this in uh, Darwin's work, The Descent of Man, at least 11 times in 1871. So they really did kind of team up uh, with this idea of eugenics. Darwin really was a social Darwinist, despite the fact that modern evolutionists try and dis- uh, differentiate social Darwinism from Darwinism. But Darwin himself believed these ideas, and his cousin applied them to the human race in this dreadful eugenics idea. Right. So it kind of was a family business, a Darwinian family business, wouldn't you say? Well, especially when his own four of his sons actually were involved with eugenics. In fact, uh, it was started off uh, in in England with, uh, first of all, his cousin, but then you have Darwin's son, Leonard, replacing his cousin, Dot Galton, as chairman of the National Eugenic Society. And then you have three other sons, uh, Horace, Francis, and, and George, in another eugenic society. So four of Darwin's own sons and his cousin, his first cousin, were founders of the British eugenics movement. And and you mentioned the eugenic society. Uh, so this was not just... Um in Europe, but it was worldwide, wasn't it? I think in the, in the early 1900s, didn't they have um, like international eugenics conferences where scientists would get together and, and kind of discuss um, how, how to put this into application, how to put this idea of eugenics into application? 
Well, that's a big problem, that it was part of the scientific elite of the time, and people who didn't get on board with it were on the wrong side of history. Now, where have we heard this before? But it was actually very, became prominent in the United States at the turn of the 20th century. So um, when you think of the Nazi Germany um, years later, in fact, Hitler was building on decades of eugenics research in both the Allied and the Axis countries. And of course, uh, lots of atrocities came out of that. Um, when you when we think about um, the early 1900s, then shifting into the World War II era with the Nazis, I mean, th- this this was a big thing of what they were trying to do. Was it not just trying to eradicate these unfavorable traits in their society, and and millions and millions of people? Uh, died because of it. Well, you got the forced sterilization, which was very uh, prominent, uh, but also um, deaths of the so-called unfit. It was actually, it started off with compulsory sterilization, and then in Nazi Germany, it became elimination of the unfit, but they're just going a step further. And I think being uh, consistent with the way we we, we breed animals and plants, we, we uh, get rid of the unfit in animals. So humans are just another form of animals, so why not do the same with humans? Right, and that's the evolutionary mindset, um, you know, and that's that's the the driving evil behind the eugenics movement. Really, that's why this is such a big deal. People might say, like, well, this you know kind of happened back then, and it's not really a big deal today, but um, or maybe here here in the states. But you talked about the forced sterilizations, and that actually happened here in the United States in Lynchburg, Virginia. There was a place called the Colony for epileptics and the feeble-minded and even the title kind of shocks me when i think about that but that that was uh, i think it kind of uh, was established in the early 1900s but went all the way through 1972 mm. people were forced sterilized over 8000 children and teens were forcibly sterilized uh, over that course of time and in america as a whole about 60,000 uh, united states citizens were uh subject to forced sterilizations and then you even got to the supreme court and you got the infamous buck versus bell decision where oliver wendell holmes justice uh, said uh, three generations of imbeciles is enough so in fact uh, forced sterilization is still part of a law of the land according to the supreme court all those years ago right and it's it's just baffling to think but again all that comes out of this idea that um they're just, they're just animals, you know, that uh, they have no worth. Um, so why not sterilize them? You know, they're just going to be a burden on society. Uh, it doesn't sound like a, a Christian worldview. It, it doesn't, but that doesn't stop a lot of the liberal churches, the pro-evolution churches jumped on board the eugenics bandwagon, because if you haven't got the Bible as your authority, you, you think of something else as your authority, and it's always the intellectual fad of a day, which in those days was evolution and eugenics. So you have eugenics being promoted by many liberal churches. The The only opposition came from the Bible-believing Protestants and also conservative Catholic churches who have always been pro-life as well. So they're the, it's the only opposition, but they were in a minority in society. Right. They, they were uh, sort of the primitive people, uh, rather like um, people today who dare to think that marriage is a man plus a woman and that life begins at conception. But uh, back then, it was eugenics was the, was a, a big dividing line between conservative and and the the liberal churches. All right. So people could say that um, you know liberal theology today is really propagating the same kind of ideas because we have um 
the Planned Parenthood movement, uh, which really started because of eugenics. Margaret Sanger, she believed in eugenics. And, um, you know, I mean, we still have that battle today. Is abortion an issue? Does abortion actually come from this idea of eugenics? Well, it's interesting to see abortion was even too much for Margaret Sanger. She actually did not approve of abortion, but she approved of all the the trappings that go with abortion, the, the elimination of the unfit, stopping uh, um, the, the black races from breeding so much, because at that time, the white supremacy was rife in, this, in the evolutionary world, so she thought the Negroes, as they were called then, were inferior races. Uh, this is what uh, the book called Hunter's Civic Biology taught. That was the evolutionary textbook that was on trial during the famous Scopes trial taught eugenics and it taught white supremacy overtly to American students and uh, Margaret Sanger built on this to found Planned Parenthood which was, it was and is a eugenics organization. Right and did they not target specifically certain locations to uh, try to you know, I guess, keep the population in check. Well, it's interesting, both then and now, Planned Parenthoods are in minority neighborhoods quite often. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's no coincidence. In fact, uh, even today, more black babies are aborted than are born alive. It's a pretty shocking thing, and that's part of the, the old eugenics movement of 100 years ago. As we said in, in the beginning of the podcast, it's one of the most um, horrible movements in science in my mind. Um, but it, it hasn't it hasn't stopped, right? So, I mean, eugenics is still very much a part of the 21st century. And I don't think people run around calling it eugenics anymore because it's kind of a dirty word. Um, but people do call it things like population science. Well, you know, uh, that's right. Uh, I mean, after World War II, everything connected with Hitler uh, sort of became discredited, even though there were certain trials of the Nazi doctors and judges, and they appealed to American eugenicists for for the, de the defense lawyers appealed to what was happening in America. Um, so it, the trials of the Nazis seemed rather hypocritical in many ways, because Americans were doing the same thing. So it goes underground, but then it goes into things like um, genetic testing, amniocentesis, and let's abort a baby if it's not totally perfect. And we see this with the Down syndrome uh, children. Um, they have a very high mortality rate in the womb. It's, it's a horrifying thing. These are humans made in God's image, and that's the important thing. Humans are made in God's image, as you pointed out earlier on, and yet these precious children are being aborted because they have an extra chromosome yeah genesis 1 26 and 27 tells us that we're made in, in god's image so we're god's image bearers uh but when you have this evolutionary mind frame or you know starting point a worldview they're, they're no more than just a, a mass of cells in the womb i remember we, we've had my wife and i have had some children older as we got older in mm. our in our marriage and um the big thing that they pushed us to do was was try to you know they tried to encourage us to to test for for Down syndrome because oh they wanted to give us all the options, and of course, you know, we 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 didn't take the test because in my mind it's a no brainer. You know, even people with Down syndrome are made in the image of God, and they have all the worth that that we do as as image bearers of God. So it's just horrible to think how many how many abortions have happened because of this. You know, really, it's just false science. You know this this uh, idea that um, people don't matter. Well, and Richard Dawkins himself is on record saying that uh, Down syndrome babies are less, uh, have less worth than, say, a dolphin or a pig. It's really quite shocking that leaders in evolution are even pushing for uh, this blatantly eugenics idea. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, re- I remember reading the article, an article that Lita Costner wrote mm-hmm. about uh, Dawkins uh, quoting on Down syndrome, and he, he basically said, um, just abort it and try again. He thinks it would be immoral uh, to bring a Down syndrome baby into this world, so just just get rid of it and give it another shot. And and where do we draw the line? Is he once, and that's what what happened at the Nuremberg. One of the Nuremberg trials, a doctor called uh, Doctor Alexander wrote in the New England Medical Journal saying that uh, where did all this horrifying stuff come from? And he said it came from the idea that there's such a thing as human life unworthy of life. And once you start in that idea that there's a, a human made in God's image who's not worthy of life, uh, then you broaden that category as much as you as you want. There's no limit to how you can broaden that category. Right. So you start even small beginning can have horrifying consequences, as we saw with with World War II and the Nazi Holocaust. Well, we can see again that it's super important to have a biblical understanding. Um, about these issues and by the grace of god that's why creation ministries exist so we can show people that might have heard these terms throughout history have heard about these atrocities but but aren't quite certain uh where the teaching came from you can see it was a direct result of evolutionary thought and it's time to shine light even on our current um our current culture with 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 these issues that we have that have kind of flowed over into mm-hmm. uh, the Planned Parenthood uh, issues and other things as well. So, well, right. I mean, Genesis is not a side issue. So I hope we're seeing here. You see the differences between being made in God's image and being an evolved animal has far-reaching effects for just about every moral issue we can think of, whether it's abortion, whether it's uh, uh, marriage, uh, slavery. See all these. E- the, the bad things of abortion and and eugenics, slavery, come from treating humans as objects instead of creatures being made in God's image. So this is foundational. Uh, the, uh, being made in God's image is foundational for all human rights. It's, mm-hmm. it's very far-reaching. You abandon God's image, you abandon the basis for human rights uh, in the first place. Galton and Darwin really did team up on this idea of eugenics and Darwinian evolution. Darwin was quoted saying. If the prudent avoid marriage while the reckless marry, the inferior members will tend to supplant the better members of society. So Darwin actually was a social Darwinist. And I think that the ideas that came from Galton on eugenics really helped solidify some things in his mind. You see, Darwin himself says there is reason to believe that vaccinations preserved thousands who from a weak constitution would formerly have succumbed to smallpox. Thus, the weak members of civilized societies propagate their kinds. No one who's attended to the breeding of domestic animals will doubt that this must be highly injurious to the race of man. It's surprising how soon want of care or care wrongly directed leads to the degeneration of a domestic race. But Except in the case of man himself, hardly anyone is so ignorant as to allow his worst animals to breed. So there's a hint there that he thinks that we're doing something wrong by preserving weak people in our society. And again, it all goes back to not understanding or or suppressing the truth that all people are made in God's image. If you would like more information on this topic, we have a wealth of information on creation.com. Some of the articles you might want to take a look at are Eugenics, Death of the Defenseless. Um, Also, you could have a look at uh, the article Hooray for Eugenics, uh, Darwin and Eugenics, 
Uh, as I said, we have, we've got lots of articles and we also have some helpful resources that you could check out. Um, is Human Life Special, which is a good little booklet. It's great to share with people as well because uh, it's not a huge book. You could leave it with a friend that might not uh, have a proper understanding of, of the biblical context of this. And also, Jono, you have a, a, a DVD presentation that we did on bioethics as well. Yeah, my, my bioethics video is founded on the idea that uh, human rights are founded on humans being made in God's image. And I go into the implications of that when it comes to slavery, uh, animal rights, abortion, and uh, euthanasia, infanticide, all these um, big hot button issues now. I go into all those and, and explain them from a biblical basis because that's the only proper basis to explain anything. And we also have videos about genetics, um, CRISPR, um, DNA in general. So please check out our other podcasts and our, our webinars that we've done in the last year. Yeah, and if, if you find these podcasts to be edifying, make sure you uh, like and subscribe. If you click the, the little subscription bell, every time we launch a new uh, episode, you'll be alerted to that. So Jono, thanks so much for, Thank for working through this thanks, with Aaron. me. Thanks, Aaron. Great, great stuff.